This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and it, welcome to Invest Talk. It is Wednesday, January 6, 2021. And of course, we're all aware of the coming changes. Um, looks like the the Democrats have the presidency, the, the House of Representatives, and the Senate. Okay, that means stuff. That means something for us investors. So we'll talk about that. It's one of my major talking points here. What changes can we look forward to? Especially tax changes is what I'm going to focus on, tax changes. Um, okay, so um, welcome to InvestDoc. Um there's lots of things going on, and of course, I actually feel with a total, uh, I actually feel we're going to have an increase in volatility because of the Democrats taking all three branches of the government there. I mean, all two of the, both the House and the Senate and the executive branch, because the stock market probably expected a Republican Senate. And they like that. Remember, 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 stock market the investors. They like consistency, and with there's no consistency here because now there's no one to slow down the Democrats. So, and I, I'm not trying to be political one way or another. I'm just talking about facts. So, what the investors will think is um, that there's going to be changes, big changes coming, and they don't like big changes. They don't. And it's unexpected. They didn't think that was going to happen. And I realize what the market did today, everybody. I understand that. But I'll, I'll go into more details later. I will. You know, you, you're just going to have to learn to compensate for the volatility that's coming. I, I was hoping that volatility would calm down, but now I'm not so sure that it will. Anyways. Okay, and of course, I appreciate you tuning in. I I. I promise to answer all financial questions that you might have, and I have a trivia question. My trivia question is about printed money today, dollar bills. Do you know which presidents are depicted on the big bills? So that's going to be my trivia question today. We'll get into that. I'm Steve Peasley, and today in this program and podcast, I'll do my best, as always, to provide unbiased answers to your financial and investment questions. So anything financial, anything investment-related, we'll talk about. I may not have the answer, but I certainly have lots of computer power to help me. So please call. Our number is 888-99-CHART. This is a live program, 888-992-4278. The market was interesting today. I mean, the Dow was up 437 points. You would think, man, that was a great day. Well, it was for the Dow. The NASDAQ was down 78 points. Big Tech did not have a good day. My and, and, and S&P was up 22. So my my wife was confused. Why was the tech technology? Why was seven, why was the Nasdaq down when the Dow was up so big? And I had to give that a little thought. I already did, of course. But if you think about it, I, I'm thinking that investors believe that Democrats are going to be tougher on big tech than the Republicans were. I know you might say, wait a minute, didn't big tech help them get elected and whatever, you know? Uh, 
I still think that they do not like big business. They don't like big business. It's not one of their, you know, <laughs> they've never been known to like that. So I can see them increasing their attack on big tech. By the way, I'm, I'm I, I'll tell you this, and I think that, that they need to be, some of those big techs need to be broken up. They're too powerful. They're monopolistic. We don't need the monopolistic uh, efforts that they're doing. So they need to be broken up. So I think that's why the Dow went up and the S&P went up, but big tech, not so much. Okay, and that big tech dominates the NASDAQ. It also might tell us that maybe value stocks are finally coming into play, maybe. Not growth stocks. Okay. Interesting, interesting day, I thought. Okay, we have, we're ready to, for all your calls. It's, let's go ahead and get started. Let's get right into the first caller. Hi, Steve and Justin. This is uh, Krish from New Jersey. I wanted to know your opinion on PIMCO Income Funds, PDI and PTY. These are income funds giving high yields. So I wanted to know your opinion in your next uh, podcast. Looking forward to it. Thank you so much. Love your show. Bye-bye. Is that P is on Paul? P is on Paul I? P-P-I. Did it again. Uh, oh, P-D-I. Okay, got it. It wasn't there, Jorge, just to let you know. Now it is. Uh, PDI, everybody. PIMCO Dynamic Income Fund. Closing funds seeking current income through investments in multiple fixed income sectors. Okay. So it's deriving, and PIMCO is known for their bond, their bond company. They're huge, billions and billions of dollars size. There's this is an ETF that is, is uh, uh, seeking investments of multiple fixed income, and it's a closed in fund, not opened in like a normal ETF. The closed-in fund, meaning there's a finite number of shares out there. Is it, it pays 10%? Don't expect 10%. Don't. Don't. Because interest rates have gone down, and going forward, it's going to be much more, it's more difficult to get that high of a yield. That's probably not going to happen. Uh, so don't expect that to be as high. Don't fall in love with the yields that you see, because remember, that yield is in the past, they're not saying they're going to pay in the future. They, that's what was paid in the past. Well, as the environment, interest rate environment got, you know, very, very difficult as interest rates fell, trying to get yields from bonds is very difficult. So don't fall in love with the yield on something like this. This is 10%. I, I can't imagine being that much going forward. But I don't know enough about it, to be honest, uh, how it's achieving, but the only can use a description they're using fixed income sectors tells me that, you know, it's fixed income, it's bonds. So uh, it's just going to be difficult to achieve that yield that they have in the past. And I have a feeling that's what you're looking at and saying, oh, that's a really great return. Don't expect it, please. Okay, 888-99-CHART, you're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. Love to talk to you. Uh, you know, 2021 is here. It's going to be a very unusual year. Not as unusual as 2020, but the unusualness will be positive rather than negative. 
And I know the COVID thing doesn't look positive right now, but most experts, most of us, think that it's going to be ending. The effect of the of, of what COVID did is going to be ending with the advent of of, uh, of the uh, vaccines. So I think we need to look at an economy, a world economy, that's going to be pretty darn strong. Okay? So pay attention. So we'll talk about it more if you want. 888-99-CHART is our number. It's been another Investor Wednesday, and we've all seen the market move up, down, and all around. It's called volatility, and you'll have investment and finance questions for Steve and Justin. They welcome your calls now. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. My focus point today concerns a story. Fourth quarter 2020 domestic sales for GM... Increased 4.8%. They were the best performer so far in the fourth quarter. But what was the whole year like for the auto industry? What is the year like going to be like going forward? Okay, because 2020 was pretty bad for, for GM and others. You know, it was not good. But it's like we have a little turnaround coming. Now, I'll, I'll give you the rest of my perspective when we talk about that. Other topics I want to discuss... Uh, some economic numbers, especially in the manufacturing area. I want to talk about that for a minute uh, because it's stronger than it seems it should be. So that's going to be interesting. And with a Biden presidency and both house, both uh, both sides of the Congress, Democrat, what are going to be the changes, tax changes especially? What have they already promised he would now that he has both houses. He can get pushed through a lot of tax changes that he said he was going to. It would be hard for him to back away from any of the ones, any of the promises he made. So made. So I want to maybe talk about some of the bigger changes that he's suggesting, and how that might affect you as an investor. Okay. So those are the topics we're going to talk about. Time permitting, of course. You always come first. You do, uh, because. You know, this is a calling show, and you know, you, you you're the one that drives it. Okay, uh, so drive the show any way you want to, and you know, maybe I'll take a minute and talk about what we do here at KPP Financial. Justin Klein and I, you know, what we do. We 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 are based in Southern California, as you all mostly know, Orange County, California specifically. Uh, we practice what we call parallel investing. What is that? That means I buy the same stocks for me, same positions, same percentage, same price as I do for my clients, so that I ride along on the same side of the table as you. I think that's kind of important. I think that you know I put my money where my mouth is, and and I will always do that. That's what I do. So we call that parallel investing. So if you're interested in talking to us we'd love to review your portfolios we we can we can talk to you via skype or phone or jive means whatever is convenient just send me a message to investtalk.com send me an email tell me that's what you want you can, you can call our kpp offices as well you know in in irvine california no obligation never is you just call we talk 
Uh, if you don't, if you just want some help, I'll, I'll help. I don't mind at all. So, just give me a call or send me an email. We're gonna go to our favorite favorite guy in San Francisco, Emilio's, and you know, San Francisco is there's there's not a lot of people I know in that Bay Area. I know some people in Napa. I have some right relatives on, in Napa. How you doing, Emilio's? I, I'm honored that I'm uh, one of your favorites. Thank you, sir. How are you? Yeah, good. Thanks for the call. Yeah. Um, I'm considering uh, KMI for the long run, you know, to hold it and just collect the dividend. I don't know if you like the company or not. Well, let's take a look at KMI. KMI. And uh, that's Kinder Morgan, of course. Kinder Morgan Inc. provides natural gas transportation and storage services in North America. And I kind of like this one. Um you know, it's a it's a it's a bet on, and you notice it was up pretty big today, three point three percent. It's a bet on a recovery of the economy, and I think that's going to come. I think we're going to get a pretty strong economy next year, and I think commodities are going to be very uh, be much better in high demand, and it fits it fits my argument that value stocks are going to be in favor versus growth stocks. Because it's it's going to make ninety cents a share. And it's a fourteen dollars stock. I mean, I mean, I, I mean it would it was it was thirteen fifty just three four days ago. Thirteen dollars four days ago. So that tells you that the PE ratio is pretty 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 reasonable with a seven point three percent dividend. So and I think natural gas prices are going to go up because demand is going to go up. And I can see this easily going back to $20 a share, which it was. It's been as high as $40 a share, but it's at least going back to 20 and you get 7% return. So I like it. I like it. Emilios, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. And for investors, the need to remain vigilant never ends, as I tell you almost every day. It never ends. So the new year means you've got things changing. So you you got to have questions about it. And I want you to ask ask them. You can ask them anytime you want on our 24-hour listener line. Leave your question or, on our voice bank system. Justin Klein and I provide unbiased answers to the podcast. So the number is live. We're live right now, but the same number for all questions anytime. 888-99-CHART. heard about Riskalyze. It's a brief question and answer form that you fill out online. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein will also get a copy of your responses. They can use the Riskalyze results to help you formulate a strategy that fits your investing risk tolerance. Learn more anytime and take the Riskalyze quiz at investtalk.com. Hello, Noah from Hawaii. Thank you, first of all, for the uh, excellent, excellent podcast you put out. My goodness gracious, uh, you enrich us with your entertainment and your uh, and the education that you give us on uh, all the financial matters. Uh, thinking about uh, utilizing a certified financial planner, a fiduciary, to manage my um, my retirement funds, and I want to know the correct, proper questions to ask them to research that company or a particular company. 
Should I ask them about their annualized return for low, medium, and high-risk portfolios? Should I ask them about their ratings within the industry? And third, should I um, ask them about their fee structure based upon a dollar amount invested with their firm? I uh, appreciate your answer, and I listen. look forward to it. Take care, and aloha from Hawaii. Okay, CFP, Certified Financial Planners, uh, are a good start. But the first major question when you're talking to a financial planner is how they get paid. Because they're not investors. They're not, they don't invest things. Um, they more advise you what to buy. And, and generally, they're telling you to buy insurance and buying mutual funds and buying annuities, things that cost money to you but makes them high profit. So that's the first most important thing in my mind is uh, – uh, how he gets paid when, when uh, you know, if he, if you pay him by the hour because he's giving you advice, I, I'm okay. I'm okay with that, and I'm okay with him getting paid. Don't think I'm not. But a lot of times it's obscure because he's getting commissions and back end commissions from things, so he or she. Also, if they're recommending a custodian of your money, you know, like Schwab or Fidelity, Vanguard, I don't care who. Goldman Sachs, make sure it is F, uh, insured, okay? FDIC, uh, that is the insurance for banks. SIPC is insurance for um, uh, custodian of investment accounts. You want a large, safe, insured custodian. That's really important. Very, very important. Madoff. Who stole those billions of dollars? He was his his company was the custodian, and it was not insured. Okay, and of course you mentioned it. And you want it. You want them to be a fiduciary. You want them to have the fiduciary responsibility. Uh, we are KPB Financial is, and that is important that you get it. So those are the kinds of questions. You know, performance. If he's a a financial planner, he's not managing accounts, so you know his performance would be whoever he's telling you to go to for performance, whatever assets he's telling you to buy. So, good questions, though. Very good questions. Okay, let's go to Jamie in Palo Alto. How you doing, Jamie? How's how's it out there? And that, that Palo Alto, everybody is near San Francisco. How you doing? I'm doing well. <laughs> Things are good over here, Steve. Good. Hey, uh, just a, a question about Hersha Hospitality. Uh, I got in at about $8. Today actually went up about 9%. Uh, so I was trying to get your opinion whether uh, just now that I got back to where I'm even, should I just get out or do you think, uh, you know, with being in that uh, sector in the hospitality, uh, it, it will have some growth, uh, you know, um, momentum to growth? The hospitality area is a good place to be going forward, I think. This is Hersha Hospitality. It's a REIT, a Real Estate Investment Trust. Do you know what those are, uh, Jamie? Yes. Okay. Uh, it, that owns and operates upscale and mid-scale limited service hotels in established markets. So it's a really, I think this is an area that will do very, very well going forward because you know, I think there's a huge pent-up demand from people not going anywhere. And I'll speak for myself. I am tired of not being able to go. I was telling talking to my wife today. We wanted to go. I want to go back up to Carmel. I love Carmel a lot. We haven't been there in years. 
and I want to go there, but you know, yeah. well, may, the hotels may not be open, or the restaurants are not open, and when's that going to happen? So I think if I'm thinking that for myself, how many other people are there doing the same thing? You know, saying, well, we can't go anywhere, and we just, I guess we just sit around until we get the vaccine. So I think there's pent-up demand. Now, this particular REIT, Hersha Hospitality, HT is the symbol, is very, very small, Jamie. It's a total capitalization of $317 million, which means it's a very small company. They're not, they're going to lose $1.48 this year. They're going to lose 32, I'm like, they lost $1.48 last year. And they're going to make. They're going to lose thirty-two cents next year, so it's hard to base what. What's the value? What's the value? Well, in the good days, it was making one two dollars a share, and it's an eight dollar stock. So when it goes back to that, I think it's a good place to be. I'd probably just hold on to it and wait. That's what I would do. Thanks for the call, Jamie. As investors, we are focused on the road ahead, and we are working to build a solid financial future. But let me lighten the mood a little bit with the trivia question. Okay, here's my trivia question before the break. Okay, we know who the president, who's on the dollar bill, right? George Washington. Who, what president is depicted on the $2 bill? Two, the $500 bill and the $1,000 bill. See, you thought I'd make it easy. Yeah, this is hard. After break, I'll supply the answer. But for now, my phone lines are open. I encourage you to give a call, 888-99-CHART. Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay, why? I mean, how would it come in handy? And where would you want to use it? Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip? Or maybe you want to connect with family members or friends from a different culture. I think you should know about Rosetta Stone. With millions of users, it's been the world's most trusted language learning program for 30 years. Rosetta Stone is available on your desktop or as an app with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. It has a built-in patented speech recognition engine called True Accent. So as you practice speaking, you'll get feedback on how well you pronounce words. With Rosetta Stone, you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. It's an intuitive process designed for long-term retention. You really learn to speak, listen, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone is an amazing value, so your special skill set is within easy reach. You know you want to do this, so... Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, InvestTalk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off now at rosettastone.com today. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. 
This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's attack resistance platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. This is Invest Talk. The start of a new year promises many changes. For investors, the challenge will be how to stay focused on maintaining your assets while navigating market volatility. That's where Steve Peasley and Justin Klein can help. The phone lines are open and waiting for your questions now. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. I asked you a trivia question before the break. And it was about money. I love money. Don't you love money? Everybody likes money. Okay, we all know that who's on the dollar bill is George Washington. But what about the $2 bill, the $500 bill, and the $1,000 bill? Okay, most of us hope for big balances on our checking and savings account. But when you withdraw funds, the biggest bill you usually see is a $100 bill, right? However, once upon a time, the United States printed and circulated Paper bills, $500 bills, and $1,000 bills. We don't, I don't think they circulate those at all anymore. So, $500 bill. They also did $5,000 bill, $10,000 bill, and they even had a $100,000 bill. Did you know that? I didn't. So, after the last printing of those denominations in 1945, the Treasury Department and the Fed discontinued them in 1969. The use of the large bills has decreased dramatically because they've been, you know, they've been great targets for con- con- for counterfeiters. So, large bills are still legitimate, legal tender, but are very limited in circulation. Okay, so who's on, who's the president on the two dollar bill? That's Thomas Jefferson. The five hundred dollar bill, William McKinley. The thousand dollar bill, Grover Cleveland. Huh, interesting. By the way, Grover Cleveland was America's 22nd and 24th president, earning him the distinction of being the only president to serve two non-consecutive terms. So that brings up the question, do you think Trump was going to try for another term after the Biden term? Hmm. I think that's a possibility. I think it's a possibility he'll try. Now, if you enjoy the Invest Talk podcast, that's great. We thank you for your support, your time, your effort, and all the kind words. May I please suggest that you tell your family and friends about us? It's free podcast downloads, as you know. 
as you know. And of course, we encourage any questions anytime, day or night, 888-99-CHART. So let's go to another caller question that came in earlier, this time from Oregon. Hey, Steve and Justin, this is Dylan from Oregon. I'm calling about the company Sempra Energy. That ticker symbol is SRE. I'm looking to buy. I don't own any of it yet. Some of the fundamentals are looking pretty good to me. I noticed last year they had kind of a big run, but have been kind of naturally trending mostly sideways this year. Looking forward to uh, your guys' opinion on this one and uh, your answer on the podcast. Thank you very much. Okay, Semper Energy is a very large company, $36 billion in size. It's holding company providing natural gas and electrical utility services to 1,471,300 electrical people that demand and 6,029,250 gas consumers. Okay, so it's pretty big, mostly gas. Well, two-thirds gas, so let's say it that way. Or, no, maybe four, four... Four times more gas, five, four or five times more gas participating than electricity. They're going to make seven dollars and sixty-eight cents this year. I say, let me. I keep thinking. In two thousand twenty, they're going to make seven dollars and sixty-eight cents, and this year, two thousand twenty-one, eight dollars and it's one hundred twenty-three dollars stock. Okay, so eight dollars times twenty, you know, that's one hundred sixty. So it's about what? A 15, 16 so PE range pays a 3.4% dividend. So as demand goes up, they'll probably make more money, and they're already estimating that that's going to happen going forward. I mean, in 2019, they made $4.79. So it's already you know doing well. So yeah, I, I like the company. It's not going to be a fast grower, but it has good value. The return equity is not great at 8%. It has a little more debt than I'm comfortable with for a utility. But, it, you know, I still like mutual funds are neither sellers nor buyers. They're just holding on. There's about 1,800 of them that own this stock, mutual fund holders. So, with this at 123, the highest price it's ever been in the last umpteen years was $154. So, you know, it's hard for me to think that it will go much higher than that. But I think it's pretty fairly priced, maybe a little bit underpriced, because there's not much growth prospects. You know, it, it, only if natural gas prices increase, which I think they will. But I think demand's going to go up, so I think their profits probably will go up. But it's not a growth company, not which I'm okay with. Fine with that. My focus point today concerns this story. Fourth quarter 2020 domestic sales for GM increased 4.8%. 4.8%. Now, for all of 2020, it, you know, the, the, the sales for GM fell 11.8%. So this fourth quarter of increase of 4.8% was obviously much much appreciated and relief. Most of that was in auto, I mean, truck sales, truck and SUVs. However, their Corvette increased tremendously. The sales of Corvette was up, what, 20 something percent? I'm trying to look for it. 20, um, yeah, 20.2%. 20, 20.2% increase for Corvettes. And for the Chevy Bolt, Volt, Bolt, which is their electric vehicle, up 26.4%. So, but trucks, 
were the driver. Trucks for Ford and trucks for Chevy, uh, you know, those are, trucks are what really their profit margins are. Sedan cars are not so much, just regular, not so much. But question, how does this bode for this year? And I think it bodes very well. You know, I think it bodes well for electric cars and bodes very well for trucks and all vehicles and all car makers. I think you're going to see a pretty strong demand in 2021. And if you think about it, there's a lot of commodities that go into cars and trucks, right? Steel, rubber, copper, chips, <laughs> you know, all kinds of things go into it. So um, I think that that's going to be also a good area, commodities. Okay, let's grab a live call. Usher in New Jersey. How you doing, Usher? I'm doing good, Steve. How about how about yourself? I'm doing great. Appreciate the call. Oh well, so, yes. Yeah, so I'm calling about the you know uh, ticker symbol STRA Strategic Education. This is one of uh-huh. those um, online learning platforms, yeah. and I think with uh, uh, COVID and uh, post-COVID, you know, the trend is going to be that a lot of, you know, folks are going to be learning online, spending more time, uh, you know, doing virtual trainings and whatnot. So I think this is one of those names that's probably going to benefit. It is down significantly this year, uh, but uh, I'm, I'm guessing if you could share, shed some light on this and uh, okay. and see what might be the, when, when might be the time to pick this up. Thank okay. You. Um, this is uh, STRA, Strategic Education, Inc., provides post-secondary education programs to over 57,538 students in 19 states and D.C. And why is it going down? Well, the stock got up as high as about $190, $189, and that was in 2019. Today, it's $91.70. The reason why it's gone down is because in 2020, COVID came and you would think, why would this not go up even higher? Because everybody's learning from in you know indoor in in home learning, or and why would this not be a good thing? Well, uh, remember, they provide post secondary education programs, post secondary education programs. Everybody is hunkering down, and jobs are hard to find in 2020. So earnings are probably going to go down. And in 2020, earnings stayed flat as 2019. And they'll go down next year, they say, to $6.16. Sales have were, uh, two years ago, 100% increase per quarter. Now, they're, the last four quarters are 9% increase, 8% increase, 4% increase, and shrinkage of 1%. There's why the stock is falling, because sales are falling for whatever reason. You know, it, that's true for all stocks that were growing over 100% because they were quarter over quarter over quarter. Now they're not, so the stock is going to fall. So it's a, hundred, a $91 stock making $6, so it's pretty, it's not super expensive. It's not. And it looks like in the 90s, the $90 area, maybe 89, 90. It looks like a lot of support. If you're going to be a buyer of this stock, this is you could go ahead and buy it. This is where you'd be a buyer. Now the question is, can they turn around their sales? That's really the big issue. 
So I, I read all the articles, find out if they can turn, are, are, gonna, are they expecting to turn those cells around. That's what you need. Thanks for the call. I appreciate that. Okay, my focus point today was GM story and the car sales. So I wanted to touch base on that again, and I wanted to mention commodities. I do think commodities is where you're going to want to be. Okay? I'm Steve Peaser. You're listening to Invest Talk, and as you might assume, the greatest number of our listeners are here in the United States, but we have callers from all over the world. Canada, United Kingdom, Australia, Germany, China, Japan, Switzerland, and and this may surprise you. We also have Investor downloads from Saudi Arabia, Russia, India, Thailand, Korea. Pretty surprising to me. So Justin and I want to thank you, all you people, for downloading our Investor program. We do appreciate it. And also for telling your family and friends about us for the free Investor pod, financial podcast. You can download them. You can ask questions anytime. You can send me an email. You can call and leave a caller question anytime you want. Remember, our website is investtalk.com, and there's a lot of resources there, so don't, you know, you might want to browse that, see what's there that you might find interesting. I always like to mention the Riskalyze questionnaire, where you can take a very short questionnaire and find out how much risk you're comfortable taking, and what that does is automatically sends me an email, and I respond and talk to you about, send you an email about your risk tolerance. Anyways. And, of course, you are welcome to call our KPP financial offices anytime in Irvine, California. The number is always open, 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, made possible by KPP Financial, where each Friday subscribers to the KPP Premium Newsletter receive a concise and highly informative summary of the week's financial and investment news sent directly to their inbox. It really does give you a week that was roundup in a quick read. It also offers a look ahead and various process and term explanations that will be interesting to every investor. So you should be thinking about subscribing. You'll get targeted value formatted for fast consumption when you become a KPP Premium Newsletter subscriber at investtalk.com. The Invest Talk Radio and Podcast continues now. The phone lines are open. Call with your questions. 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve or Justin. This is Colin in Chicago. I've been a listener for probably about a year now. I started just before the pandemic, and I've been creating my own portfolio using TD Ameritrade, buying stocks, doing my own research, and using the advice that you guys provide. And I was wondering if it would work out the way that I'm anticipating as far as starting a traditional IRA on TD Ameritrade using the portfolio that I've created and and just contributing the maximum amount for the 2020 calendar year, just as a tax advantage, I'm trying to lower my taxable income as much as possible uh, since I missed out on all the stimulus last year. So do you think it would be a good idea for me to take my portfolio and then contribute the maximum 6,500 into a traditional IRA just to get that tax advantage? Like I was thinking and, and try to keep my taxable income under 100000 I will listen for your answer on the podcast. Thank you guys for all you do. You guys have been a great help. Bye. Yes. <laughs> yes. You always want to max out your 401Ks, 403Bs, 450, whatever, whatever alphabet uh, retirement account you have at work, and your IRA if you can't. 
you know, because some of us can't you make too much money and you're not able to. But the answer is yes. You could open up an IRA at TD, and I like TD. That's our custodian, and just roll in, you know, roll in your holdings into the IRA. You can do that, and that could be your contribution. So I, I don't have a problem with that. I think that makes sense. Okay, eight 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 ninety nine chart is our number. Eight 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 nine nine two four two seven eight. Okay. Market manufacturing PMI for December. Now, this is December. 57.1 up from 56.7 the month before. Construction spending up nine-tenths of one percent. It was up 1.6% before, but this is for November, that nine-tenths. So it's a month behind. ISM, Institute of Supply Management, manufacturing up to 60.7 was 57.5. Anything above 50 is expansion. And factory orders for November up 1%. It was 1.3% before, so it's old. Now, that tells you it looks like our manufacturing sector is increasing, is improving. But ADP reported also this week that they lo- we lost 123,000 jobs. We'll get the official jobs report here not too Pretty, pretty soon. And that I'll tell you. But we are going to have a bump downward in jobs and maybe a tick up or two uh, in unemployment because of COVID. We'll see. On the next invest side, mortgage rates ended 2020 near record lows, but home buyer demand pulled back sharply. Why? That's tomorrow. For now, I'm Steve Pisa. I'm ready to take your questions live. 888-99-CHARGE. Let's take a quick look at your financial to-do list. At the top, make that phone call to the Invest Talk Anytime listener line. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein will provide unbiased answers to your questions. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. Hey, my name is John, and my question is Nikola Motors. I was trying to figure out why did it plunge, and is it what would have been a good entry point if I want to get into Thank you, bye. Okay, uh, the company is Nikola, N-I-K-O-L-A Corporation. N-K-L-A is a symbol. Um, it is a $6.2 billion stock. What does it do? Manufactures battery electric and hydrogen electric vehicles, electric vehicle drivetrains and components. Uh, sales, we have no, I don't have any information on sales in this company. It's uh, and earnings. They don't have any earnings. Haven't had any earnings. 2019 this year, uh, they're going to lose 76 cents a share. Next year, they're going to lose 90 cents a share. The stock went up as high as 80 dollars or so uh, back in June of 2020, uh, and now it's at 16 dollars and 20 cents. There's something very wrong with this company because of that. Um, I see there's articles, and I try to pull up some and read them, but it's very difficult to pull them up and read them fast enough to get an answer to people. But there's something wrong. I, 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 you need to read all the articles that are out there as to what is wrong. Why aren't they, you know, sales increasing? Why are earnings getting worse per share? Uh, what's going on? Management owns 16%, so they're very focused on making money. And future funds are buyers. 
They've been buying. So everybody likes where they are. Where they are, I mean, in the electrical, battery, hydrogen, electric vehicles, electric vehicle, drivetrain. That sector is hot. So everybody likes where they are, and that's probably what drove the stock so high. But something's not right. They're not, they're not, they're not uh, doing what they, everybody expects them to do. There's something wrong with the company. So you got to find that out before you consider buying this stock. NKLA. Okay? 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Okay. Biden. President Biden, uh, upcoming President Biden, whatever you want to call him, and uh, the Congress, a new Congress is going to be dominated by Democrats. So Biden's presidency, when he starts, is going to have... Um, you know, the Congress behind them. So there's going to be some big tax changes. What are some of those tax changes? Well, let me tell you what they promised to happen. So there's going to be a higher minimum uh, rate back to 39.6%. Remember, under Trump, it was 37. So it's going to jump up 2.6%. They say on earners only over $400,000. But it's been my experience that when they say they want to tax the rich, that usually means taxing middle middle class. So we'll see if, how that turns out. They're going to limit certain tax deductions. They're going to limit capital gains rate, increase it to 39.6 from 23.8. So they're going to increase the minimum rate, uh, capital gains rate, long term. They're going to increase it. Higher Social Security taxes, meaning, you know, your employer pays 6.2 or so, and you pay 6.2% uh, of your salary, and they bo you both contribute into Social Security. That's going to go up. Um, right now, it stops when you make 137700 You don't have to pay any more Social Security. What they're going to do is anybody over 400000 and above in income is going to start paying it again. So it's like a... They call it a donut. There's a hole between 137,000 and 400,000 that no Social Security benefits are taken. So that won't affect very much people. Uh, one thing that will affect a lot of inheritors, which will be very disappointing, is they're going to get rid of the stepped-up value basis. In other words, if you inherit your parents' house, you get to inherit it at the value of the, the value that the day they pass away is the value of the property. That's the tax basis for you as the inheritor. They're going to get rid of that. So when the parents bought the house 40 years ago for $10,000 or $100,000 or whatever, and whatever it is worth today, that's what you're going to have to pay capital, capital gains tax when you sell it. So that's going to be very painful. That's a pretty dramatic change. And they're going to just continue 1031 exchanges. In other words, moving from one place to another, you know, 1031 exchanges, those people in real estate. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Investop program, everybody. I couldn't get to all the tax things. Maybe we can talk about it another day. Jessica Klein and I, thank you for listening. We encourage you to talk to your friends and family and have them listen, too. I appreciate it. We post a new program each weekday, shortly after the live podcast. And, of course, the live podcast concludes at 5%, 5 p.m. Pacific time. So get your free downloads anytime, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, InvestTalk.com. And I would like you to review and rate us. That would be very helpful. We also, uh, well, 
you know, we ask you to call with your questions anytime, anytime. Add them to our voice bank, 888-99-CHART. Independent thinking, share success. This is Invest Talk. Good night, everybody. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor.